You are listening to the Utah Jazz Beats with Sam and Peeps, the ultimate podcast for diehard fans and passionate followers of the Utah Jazz. Here are your hosts, Sam and Peeps. Hey, what's up, everyone? How are you all doing? Uh, Sammy G, how's your week been? How's the jazz been for you? Oh, it's been interesting. Well, I don't know. I don't even know what to think. It's It's been some rough games, but it's only preseason. Dude, I get you. I, okay. Obviously, today we're going to talk about the two games we've had, looking forward, kind of what our expectations are now since we've seen a little bit of the Jazz. But to start out, give me your raw thoughts. What did you think of the games overall? Um, I mean, I feel like overall, it just looks like we don't have any chemistry. Uh, like, I feel like a lot of it is kind of clunky where your turn my turn one guy goes and plays isolation then the next possession a different guy goes and plays isolation um i don't know it was just like it seems so different than what we saw last year where it was really like a cohesive unit it was really team basketball last season um so i don't know i it's just the preseason that's i feel like that's kind of how it goes we're incorporating new guys but overall it was just like really messy it looked like these guys had never played together but i don't know yeah dude that's honestly i there's several times during the games that i like laughed i was like oh my gosh like that missed dunk we look bad oh the missed dunk you had uh fontecchio hitting threes but besides he just clearly airballed it by like two feet luca missed two layups like in the fourth quarter (laughs) like bro like what is this so, so yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't know if this team would beat a G League team right now. I don't know. <laughs> I know some of those. Bad. I had to like uh, keep reminding myself that we went one and three last year in the preseason because we looked pretty bad last year. That's so true, I, I'm, yeah. I'm like, okay, don't. I can't have an overall like bad or good feeling about the team from the preseason, but it's kind of hard not to when you're watching, you know. Here's the, here's the hard thing about it is. Yeah, both of our games were close. I mean, we beat them, what, it was three points on one game, and then we lost to them by five points, I think. Yeah, it was around there. So it was our first game. Yeah, yeah, we beat them by five points, and then they beat us by five points. Uh-oh. So, like, literally, we, we went 500 <laughs> with them. Yeah, exactly. But here's the issue. When our actual, like, players played, like, those first half of each game, and I guess the second game, we had Laurie in for a little bit longer than the other players. But, like, that's when our our plus minus was down a lot, you know, like we were down compared to them, like 18 points at one point. And then when our like bench deep bench got in, that's when we brought the games back in both situations. No, that's true. I mean, so honestly, we're just deeper. Like, I think it's just clear that the overall makeup of the team is that we have a lot of guys on our team that can contribute. Uh, Our bench is very deep, but then we're not, we're not top heavy at all, which, I feel like most of the really good teams are just really top heavy. Um, and, you know, I always mm-hmm. feel like it's it's stars that will win you championships, not a deep bench. And so that's anyway. So the, but it makes sense that in the preseason, in the second half, that we're going to go on runs because we're way deeper than most teams in the league, honestly. Yeah, like my view is we have the most fourth best players on our team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> like that's what we're that's what we're full of. No, I, but, I totally uh, agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, jumping off a little bit, so let's get back to the games in a sec. But before we actually dive into the games per se, the report came out about the top 100 players from ESPN. I know you saw it. 
But uh, to give a little rundown, I'll I'll say the names. So Laurie Markkinen got 28th. Walker Kessler was 70th. Jordan Clarkson was 77th. John Collins at 90. And Collins Sexton at 98. So we had five guys in the... Or is that six? Oh, yeah, five guys in the top 100. Um, and then the funny thing is some of the other guys who used to be on the Jazz, so like Mike Conley, for instance, you have 93rd. Rudy Gobert is at 64th. Donovan Mitchell's at 15th. Um, but what, what's your thoughts on having five guys in the top 100 and where they're spaced? Um, actually, how about, uh, I'm still pulling up the note. I kind of forgot to, you want to give your thoughts and I, I'll give my, I, okay. I want to visualize it. Sorry. I totally forgot to pull up our note. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. So my, my thoughts on that, Lauren Markkinen honestly seems a little low to me at 28. I feel like he could be at like 20. Um, the other guys, honestly, they kind of fall into place. I would say like Walker 70th sounds good to me. Jordan Clarkson right around there. Colin Sexton, especially after the last two games, I'll be honest, does not look like he's a top 100 player. Yeah, and, we'll definitely get into that. I mean, <laughs> we can talk about that later. Yeah. I mean, you obviously know I'm not the biggest fan of Colin Sexton. Not that I don't like him, but I just don't see don't him, love him as having as much potential. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So seeing him on the list, I was like, oh, okay, well. But uh, the funny thing I think uh, is Rudy Gobert 64th and Walker Kessler is at 70. And we traded... <laughs> We got Walker Kessler, plus what four picks and a bunch of players. You know, you got uh, Beasley, you got all these other guys on that trade. The pick that and, became Keontae uh, George, who we're obviously excited about. <laughs> That's the Timberwolves pick. So anyway, yep, yeah, it's yeah, it's so funny to see how they're ranked almost the exact same. And I mean, we'll get into this too, but like block leader for the season, Walker Kessler is is uh in like the, you know, fan duel picks, he's ranked number one, him and, uh, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. And Rudy Gobert's not up there. Rudy Gobert is up there on the rebound one, but Walker Kessler actually is too. Oh, so okay. it's just funny to see how these players are actually pretty similar. It's in so their, funny. In their view so far. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what's, what's your thoughts now? Uh, yeah, I was, I mean, like you said with Markinen, I feel like at first glance it does seem low, but I also kind of understand because, like he really just came out of nowhere. He was nowhere close to this good last year. So I could see a lot of, you know, experts or whatever thinking that it might have been a fluke season. And I'm not mad if they're if they make him prove it one more time before really vaulting him up there. And I mean, there's a lot of good players if you think about the top thirty, if you think about guys at his position. So I would probably put him maybe a little closer to like twenty to twenty five range, but twenty eight's not bad, honestly. Um but yeah, no, I think the funniest thing was like now do you think oh, do sorry. you think his year what do you think the chances that his year's a fluke year? Not good. <laughs> I mean, the way I see okay. it is like if if this was the NFL and you're playing seventeen games, then I could see a guy who goes crazy for one year in the NFL, you know what I mean? because uh, it's only mm-hmm. seventeen games. But in the NBA he he just did it for 82 games. He was he was really consistent for us too. Like so, I don't know. I don't see how. I mean, obviously it happens, but it just doesn't seem that reasonable for a guy to be that good, that consistent for 82 games, and then the next year from just fall off a cliff. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like he's gonna have a bigger target on his back. Teams are gonna game plan for him more. But overall, like I don't know how you can fake it for that long. <laughs> True. What do you think about that? And uh, what, you think it's a fluke, no, or what I do think you think? It's true. 
No, I think I think it was legit. I think he literally did have like a revival of his career, you know, in a sense. Um, the one I think could be more different, and I'll be honest, the more I think about it is Walker Kessler. And he's been having, obviously, he had a really good second half of his season, right? And we're all hyped on him. But, I mean, they also have like the sophomore slump, right? And it's like, could he have that? I mean, so far in preseason, I mean, obviously, again, preseason, he only had three points last game, though. I mean, he, I, I barely even like saw him on the floor. It felt like, and which again, it's preseason. It's not like that actually means anything in that type of situation. But it's like, could he not be as good as we are all, you know, thinking he was going to be? Well, what do you think on that one? Um, yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. I think that with Kessler's style of play, it's. A lot harder. Like, I just don't see how he would fall off. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he shoots the ball a lot or is a crazy playmaker or anything. It's just like these pretty basic skills of he's good at blocking shots. He's good at getting rebounds. He dunks the ball. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I I think it's harder for teams to, like, really game plan around that to make him less effective because he's just sitting under the rim blocking shots and dunking the ball for the most part. And so I think it's more likely that there's a regression in Larry Markinen than a regression in Walker Kessler, just because of the style of play. But yeah, I, I mean, it could it, obviously it could happen, and there are ways to make him less effective, like what we've seen teams do to Rudy in the playoffs. But I think if I had to pick one guy that's going to be our most consistent player who you can really count on every night, I would pick Walker Kessler. Gotcha. So by consistent, you're saying that he's gonna get like the consistent, most consistent amount of points, most consistent rebounds, blocks, that kind of just consistent player altogether. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I think you just always know what you're gonna get from him every night. I pretty, he's probably gonna get a double double like almost every night, or you know maybe like twelve points and nine rebounds. But I mean, I think it's gonna be pretty much the same from him night in, night out. He doesn't have to rely on a jump shot or you know teammates how other teammates play like he can get rebounds and he can get put back dunks all that and so i just feel like he's gonna have the same numbers same type of impact almost every single night yeah i agree what do you think uh his comparison is to rudy gobert though so i mean he's i mean rank wise they're really close right <laughs> Who do i think is better but, okay let's start with that yeah. okay um i i'm still taking rudy gobert like <laughs> I mean, I feel like Rudy had a down year last year, but also he played on the same jazz team for years and years under Quinn Snyder using the same system. Stuff was really built around him, whereas on the Timberwolves, things were built around Anthony Edwards. And it was just a completely new situation. And so while he was worse last year, I feel like he's going to be a little bit better this year. I feel like he should. I feel like by the end of the year, he'll be considered more of a top 50 guy than a top 70 guy. That's just my opinion. I just think he needs more time in the system. Um, his teammates, I think it might have been Donovan Mitchell. I forgot which, but there was a teammate who was asked about Rudy over the summer, and he said that Rudy's just kind of hard to learn how to play with because his skills are so much different than anyone else's. You know, like he really has no offensive game in the way that you think about it. And so I think all of his teammates having another year with him will also help him to be better. Um, so I think in th three or four years from now, I don't think 
it'll be any question. Like Walker Kessler will be entering his prime and Rudy Gobert will be on the verge of retirement, honestly. And so I think in the end, at some point, Walker Kessler will be better than Gobert, but I don't know if he's there yet. But I feel like with a lot of Jazz fans, I'm in the minority on that take. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think Rudy Gobert is definitely still better. But if I had to redo the trade and like, you know, let's just say the T-Wolves said, hey, let's do a straight across trade for Walker Kessler and Rudy Gobert. I'd probably decline the offer. Yeah, 100%. Right. Just because of just because of upside and potential. And we price. <laughs> price yeah but like we also have you know rudy or uh, walker kessler locked in for you know this year plus two more for sure then we could you know do the rookie extension so i mean we could have him for a long time yeah i mean i think but, it's a different question of who's better and who would you rather have and i would definitely rather have kessler um especially like down the road for sure yeah and kind of from the sound of it too it sounded like you think Rudy Gobert kind of had a fluke year in the reverse direction. Yeah, I mean, which is kind of funny because he has a lot of the same skills as Kessler, where I said it's harder to have, like, fluke years. But it's like I said, I think a lot of it was based on situation, also expectations. Um, I think, like, mentally speaking, if everyone was telling you that uh, someone trained for you was the worst trade in NBA history, I feel like I would put a lot of pressure on myself, which, you know, could either motivate you to be a lot better or it can really like get in your head and make you worse and so uh-huh. i think now that he's that he's kind of a, a year removed from that i feel like, i just think there's a lot of stuff going against him last season going into the year yeah all right one last question on rudy gobert i think he's in like 70th for the fantasy draft right now okay is what espn's ranking him at okay are you gonna take it before the seventh round Oh, uh, in like a ten-team draft, basically. Yeah, t- yeah. Like, so for instance, for you know, for so everyone knows, me and Sammy G are in a uh, in a fantasy league. We got ten teams. It's a snake draft. Uh, so Sammy G, I think, is at ninth in the in the league. Oh, uh, ninth pick. Ninth pick. <laughs> I got seventh pick. Which is seventh pick. Don't, okay. don't you worry. Um, <laughs> I don't think I would take him. Because I mean, while I ex- at all, I mean, if he's like, if, well, obviously he's. Low, I would take. Like, what's your, what's your number? Mm, maybe eighty fifth. I would take him, or between eighty and ninety, somewhere in there. Uh, just because while I do think it was a fluke last year, I'm not confident enough to say. <laughs> like, I'm not that confident that it was. You know, like, he could still suck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had taken him. <laughs> Okay, no, I, 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 I would take Kessler. I, I would take Kessler before I took Rudy. <laughs> even right. though I think, even though I just said I thought hey. Rudy was better. Hey, I'm just trying to figure out where I can, you know, place my guys who I'm trying to throw down low. You know what I'm hey, saying? You still got to worry about eight other teams. <laughs> True, <laughs> but hey, you got to be figured out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All righty. Where are you taking okay. them? Anything else? Oh, I'd probably take him in the sixth round. If I oh, really? see him available the sixth, I'd probably take him in the oh, sixth. Oh wow. Yeah. But I'd probably take I mean, for center wise beforehand, I'd probably take Wimbin Yama and I'd probably take Walker Castle. Wimbin Lama. Yeah. And honestly, Wimbin Yama could be a straight bust if he gets injured and then my team's destroyed. But I would love to see <laughs> you take him go you off. take him and Chet and they both like go out for the year <laughs> in the first couple of weeks. 
You know what? I wonder if I, I actually didn't look this up, but I wonder if Chet also has a uh, power forward by his name. You know, for ES for the fantasy. I think. So I, I think play he's. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, power forward slash center. Yeah. Yeah, so that I could play him in both. That'd be nice. I don't know. Have to check. But uh, <laughs> women Yama might be too. I know he. I don't know. Well, they're probably just straight centers. I don't know. Anyways, anything else in the top 100 from the Jazz that you think uh, stand out? Um, I think it's pretty much just like what you were saying is uh, we have a lot of guys that are like, we have the best, fourth best players on the team, you know, in the league. You know what I mean? Like, we're just full of guys who mm-hmm. would be a great third or fourth option on a team. <laughs> um, but he said, yeah, I mean, we got five guys in the top 100, but they're all for the most part, between 70 and 100. So, anyway. But, yeah, that's pretty much disagreeing with what you were saying earlier. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into the games then. So, I mean, we kind of talked about the overall... Let's do it. ...overall thoughts of what's going on. But, uh, okay, breaking it down, who stood out to you? And, like, what's some interesting things, that, like, just in general that stood out? Um, I think... And it could be good or bad when it just stands out. Okay, I think, like, the biggest thing that really stood out in a bad way and this might not be as much on taylor Hendricks. it might be more will hardy uh but it's just crazy that he's not getting any minutes i mean in both games he didn't come in until the fourth quarter and in the latest game he didn't come in until there was less than five minutes left in the fourth and so mm-hmm. pretty much how he did how will Hardy structured it was in the first half he kind of played his normal nine or 10, probably 10 man rotation that you may expect to see in the regular season. And then in the second half, he let his bench go. So Taylor Hendricks was not in that rotation, which is a little bit disappointing for a top 10 pick. It's pretty surprising to me because I mean, obviously a guy can develop and you want him to develop, but with a draft that was supposed to be so stacked, why are you not playing a top 10 pick? Um, and then uh, something that I saw uh, as well is that he, out of the top 21 picks, he's gotten the least amount of minutes so far in the preseason. And so there's another 10 or 11 guys that were less taken after him. What do you say? Said less than Cam, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I saw Cam. All right, so the backstory here. I mean, there's a lot of Jazz fans who are like this, but I wanted Cam Whitmore so bad on draft night. And he was there for us to take, and I was... Like, we're going to get him. And then they took freaking Taylor Hendricks, and I was screaming. I was so mad. Well, then he was still available yeah, and then, at 16. Then he was available at 16. And you were still thinking the same yeah, thing. Yeah, but we took George, and now <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I, anyway, I'm really trying to – I want to give Hendricks a chance here. But I, Cam Whitmore has looked awesome. He's, like, super athletic. He's knocking down threes. Anyway, that's a different topic. So – that's my main thing is Taylor <laughs> Hendricks. I don't know what the issue is there. I don't know what he's not good at, what he is good at. I will say a positive that stood out was also with Taylor Hendricks is it seems like, I mean, this is a super small sample size, but it seems like he can hit some shots. It looks like he can stretch the floor. And then I was really impressed on a couple of different possessions defensively, just like staying in front of his man on the perimeter really good length. And so I feel like the tools are there. Um, I feel like we haven't seen enough to know why he's not playing. But yeah, that was the biggest disappointment for, for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my thought on Taylor Hendricks, when I was, 
I texted you about it too, and I was like, "What is going on?" Honestly, I've been super confused about it because we've been hyping up our number sixteen pick. We have put all this effort into advertising him, like you know, saying that he's going to be our point guard. Like the whole and social media, kinda, it's like a ton of Keontae George stuff, but no Taylor Hendricks. Yeah, stuff. and and I figured at first, I'm like, oh, okay, it's well, it's because Keontae George played summer league. Like people have actually seen him, so like they're going to ride the hype train, right? But then in our preseason games, I mean, Taylor Hendricks didn't see minutes. I mean, he got literally the garbage time of this preseason. The preseason. He got five minutes in the second game. And I'm like, what? He had he had the least amount of minutes from someone who played, right? And I was just like, what's going on? So I'm I'm curious if there is, I mean, you were mentioning it could just be, you know, he's kind of a shyer guy, just team dynamics. If it's too overwhelming for him to be in the NBA yet. I mean, he's still 19 years old, but I mean, I'm just curious of why there's no hype and then why he has got no minutes. So I'm curious to see if that, that comes out in the next few games and at the start of the season, or we'll just see him in the G league. I don't know. I think we'll for sure see him in the G league. Like I think he's going to play a ton in the G league. I bet he'll get like 30 plus minutes a game. I'm just trying to develop him as much as possible, but thing is i don't want him in the g league <laughs> you know i didn't draft a guy to be in the yeah. g league uh i mean if price sense was in the g league that, that's one thing he's a late first round pick that's more to be expected but top 10 pick that does, it honestly doesn't happen that often that they're just stashed in the g league so especially in a like we were told so much that this class was so stacked especially the top 10 picks were supposed uh-huh. to be so stacked and that was his whole thing coming out of college was that uh they said out of the top 10 picks that he was supposed to be the guy that could contribute the most immediately from day one. They were saying that he needed the least amount of development. That's what like all the draft reports were saying is that he'll be able to defend and hit threes at a high level from day one, but he's not even played. So I don't know, like either those draft reports are wrong or there's something weird happening. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to draw any yeah, conclusions yet, but it is just kind of weird. It's something to at least mention. It's, it's, it's something that's happening. So yeah, for sure. But, okay, here's a question. I mean, G League-wise, do you think Keontae George will see minutes in the G League, or do you think he's going to be straight no, with the Jazz? I think he's I think he's going to play a lot of minutes. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he started from day one with how things are going. Um, but, yeah, I'd be, I'd be super surprised if he played in the G League at all because I think he's going to be with yeah. the Jazz playing, like, at least 15 minutes a night, but that's probably on the a main rotation. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be a main rotation player for sure, I think. That's yeah. Uh, that was my take so far too. Okay, here's another uh, biggest disappointment so far I've seen from the ne- the last two games. Now here's the thing. I like I was kind of I already kind of mentioned it before, but a player I'm not a big fan on mm. is Colin Sexton. Right? Yeah, he's and easily the biggest disappointment. <laughs> like no doubt about yeah. it. I think everyone could agree on that. As far as guys that have actually played. Uh huh. And he has several years in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. But what what are your thoughts? Uh, what do you think is going on there? Why do you think that he just didn't look as good? Uh, I don't It's kind of tough to say. I, I kind of have a lot of different thoughts about the guard play in general. But something that we have seen uh, just in these first couple of games, if you look at all the guards, is... Talhorn Tucker has been best when he's shared the floor with Keontae George or Chris Dunn. And then Jordan Clarkson mm-hmm. has been best when he's been on the floor with um, with Keontae George or Chris Dunn. And then Colin Sexton up to this point, at least 
Uh, I didn't check the minutes, but I don't remember a single time that I saw him on the floor with um, with George or Dunn. And so I think a lot of it might just be that he is just playing with the wrong groups out there. Um, I don't think that he can share the floor with Clarkson or THG because all three of those guys are just such ball-dominant dudes. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I couldn't tell you why he's not doing that great, but I think a big part of it is just that he's... I just don't think that he's playing with the right guys. And then in general, uh, I mean, I think going into the year, everyone was hoping that Colin Sexton would kind of be that guy who just takes the reins, becomes a really good point guard. He's just not a point guard. Uh, he can't do it. He doesn't read defenses very, at least from what we've seen in his career uh, up to this point, he hasn't been reading defenses very well. He's not good at like organizing the team and getting them into sets. He's a lot more, he, I feel like he's driving the chaos and making things more chaotic than calming down the team, which is what a point guard should be doing. I feel like he can't read mismatches when they're there and set guys up in the right position. I just think like his mind is so geared to, I need to score. And then if he's not thinking about scoring, then it just feels so forced when he is trying to do that point guard stuff. Like, I just don't think it's in him to be a point guard. I think, and I feel like, you know, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. I just feel like he's not a point guard. <laughs> what about you? Okay. Okay. Uh, on Colin Sexton, obviously, yeah, I think big disappointment. I mean, I, I think it could be that he's playing with the wrong pair. I mean, obviously, it sounds like Will Hardy wants to play people in pairs, so they got to find their, their match pretty much, right? Yeah. So we'll see if he can find a good match. But I, he definitely dropped, because I had him, you know, preseason, pre, pre-preseason, pre saying that he was going to be the starter with Clarkson, right? And that's not my take anymore. Yeah, same. But, I'm, yeah, I, I don't know what to think about him. It's definitely shifted where I think he's playing. Um, THT-wise, I'm like... I mean, obviously, I think he's a good player. I think he can... He definitely is not perfect at being a guard. Let's be 100% honest. So, he obviously makes a lot of mistakes. I feel like he's actually shown improvement, though, whereas, like, Colin Sexton hasn't shown improvement, really, you know? Um, If anything, he's shown regression. And so... But, yeah, anyway, go on. I'm just saying, at least he's improving. Yeah, I feel like with reps, THT... I mean, I've, I've... been THT's fan, so I'm on the, you know, day on one the THT fan. End. Yeah, <laughs> before day one. Let's be honest here. Just kidding. But I've got a lot of backlash about that. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly for <Anyways>. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, and if I said anything on Twitter, I'd be getting backlash too. <laughs> I know everyone. Else, yeah, he's getting a lot of everyone's hate for on. someone that just was our best player. I mean, statistically, was our best player last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I feel like he could be a really good guy who comes in and is a point guard, right, for our team, for the second unit. Um, So honestly, to get into it, so I I would say the pair-wise, I would say Keontae George and THT would pair best together, and then Clarkson and Dunn, because that kind of gives you kind of a crazy player and then a more calm player in both situations. Like with Clarkson, he's a guy who loves to shoot. He gets the ball. He fires it. He's going. He's going hard. Chris Dunn slows him down, right? Slows down the ball. So it's they complement each other. And then I would say the same thing I could see on Keontae George. I would say Keontae George is a little bit more of a flamethrower right now, right? 
that he's he's trying to get buckets, trying to prove himself. But I feel like he could be more like a Dunn and slow down the floor, slow down the and be more of a point guard. Obviously, hit buckets, you know, make good plays for his team. But I feel like he could slow down THT, and THT probably needs someone to slow him down. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I think that THT, uh, Sexton, Clarkson, I think they have a lot of the same issues, and that's that they all love to dribble. Uh, just Sometimes it just feels like they're just aimlessly dribbling around until they finally decide to do something. So I think that's the main reason that those three can't play together is because they stop ball movement. Um but yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think THC would be great with the second unit. I mean, he hasn't been great against um, the starters, at least with the Clippers the last two games. But as soon as the Clippers have gone to their second and third string guys, he's literally just dominated. He's just got a re- he's a really big body. He can pretty much do what he wants, get whatever shot he wants, just because he's so big going to the rim. Um, but it's frustrating watching him at the same time because he the ball swinging around and then it gets to him and then he just is like dribbling forever and I'm like bro do something <laughs> with the ball right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I feel like that's why you can't have THT with those other ball dominant guys. And then the biggest thing is obviously the strength of our team is our front court. We got Collins, Marketing, Kessler. Those are the most important best players on the team. Uh, I mean, I guess that's up for debate, but the front court is is our strength for sure. And so we need a guy uh-huh. that is going to get them involved. And so while they're on the bench, if THT wants to do his thing and just go get buckets or whatever, then that's fine. But I can't stand watching him play with the starters when he's taken away. He's shooting the most shots on the team when he's got marketing and Kessler and Collins. Like he's not feeding them. He's just going to the basket. I'm like, bro, get your team involved. So anyway yeah i got i got a quote for you from that this is a quote from sammy g last night during the game he was pissed at at tht okay he says he's like i'm so confused why you love tht so much oh my gosh tht is pissing me off ball dominant indecisive and just letting his man walk past him every time bench him i don't understand why he dribbles so much such a ball movement stopper oh my gosh you i was like so bad but then he started getting buckets so i couldn't really say anything else but i was like you suck bro <laughs> like this is not jazz basketball <laughs> hey you know what technically we don't really know what jazz basketball is anymore that's facts there's no one on the team that used to be there uh... so anyways i thought that text was funny so <laughs> and justin just texted back and he said okay fam <laughs> It's because, so here's the thing too. Sammy G was behind. He was watching it like, what, 20 minutes behind or yeah, something like that? Yeah, I had to go so, through during halftime, so I paused it. And then I was just texting Justin what I was seeing, but he already knew that THD kind of took over. But I already knew that, yeah, I already knew that he had 24 points. So in my head, I'm like, yep, just keep crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, what were your, okay, what were your thoughts on George while we're talking about the guards? Okay, here's my thing. Obviously, that first game, I didn't grab both of his stats for his... I think he scored 2 of 7, if I'm remembering correctly, in 10 points in the second game. And in the first one, he scored 2 of 9 with 10 points. Okay. And obviously, 
overall, that's not really good shooting, let's be honest. Yeah. But I'm not that concerned about it. And here's something that really stood out to me about it is he was getting to the line. He got to the line. Uh, he scored 8 out of 10 from the free throw line. And so I think he got to the line the most out of anyone on the team. Um, so that definitely stood out to me. And I'm like, okay, if he could be a guy, if he can be a guard who is, you know, drawing fouls, getting his points that way, fantastic. It's like, I mean, like your other your shots will come the other way, like your standard shots. But in the meantime, get your shots at the line for sure. Pull a James Harden. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that is like one of the most underrated skills, I feel like, is just getting to the free throw line. Um, I really liked what I saw from him. I feel like he is just really confident, which is good for a rookie. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't want a guy in there who's worried the whole time that he is going to be making mistakes and is going to get pulled. Like, he just went in there and he just seemed like he belongs, which I feel like is awesome. And then what I really liked is that he just seems like a natural point guard. Like, now that I've seen all this, I feel like the only real point guards on the team are Dunn and George. And then I feel like everyone else is yeah. just kind of a shooting guard, honestly. THG kind of... I don't even know what he is, honestly. He's just his own breed. Um, but no, I I like George because he actually seems like a natural point guard. He was really prioritizing getting his teammates involved. He was playing within the system. Uh, and then what I really like is when he would attack the rim, just like you're saying, because he would either get fouled or he would just finish at the rim. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just I wasn't sure. I didn't realize how explosive he was and that he could really just get to the rim whenever he wanted. And again, that's mostly against like, bench players so we'll see how he handles like real nba defenses but last night he was getting into the paint whenever he wanted and then like you said i'm not worried about his shot i mean everyone on the team has said that he can just shoot at will hey sorry guys sammy g's computer disconnected or my computer disconnected one of ours did so my whole computer froze it was definitely me (laughs) okay anyways so he couldn't handle the heat i was throwing down Talk about Keontae George like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Okay. Uh, One other player I want to ask you about is is John Collins. What do you think? I mean, to me, he didn't seem as dominant as I thought he was going to be. But (laughs) let me get a basketball expert's thoughts on this. We are the same in expertise, <laughs> but it was so frustrating, honestly, because... I feel like um, Will Hardy and people talk about Will Hardy and like this whole thing is he maximizes players superpowers like that's kind of what they say that he does and all he did was just stuck him in the corner like he's been doing in Atlanta for the last year the doing the thing that got him all frustrated anyway it was just the preseason and honestly he might have had bigger things to worry about than John Collins um but yeah, I mean, along with just what I was saying in the beginning, it, it just seemed like there was no chemistry, and especially with John Collins, like it seemed like they didn't even know what to do with him. So I was pretty disappointed in that as well. Yeah. Talking about the chemistry too, I kind of forgot to mention this before. My thoughts on that was like, they just didn't look comfortable playing. And I don't know if it's obviously like them playing. I mean, everyone's getting new roles, kind of a different way of doing it. So I don't know if it's technically their role or playing with each other, but they're definitely was a level of comfort that was lacking there yeah no i totally agree i feel like there were only two players that i thought looked 
like they had legit chemistry together and fed off each other and played well together. And that was Keontae George and Ochai Abaji. Um, just watching them, it seemed like the two of them, when they were together, they were in a good flow, kind of knew what the other person liked. And so I think a big reason of that is because they are on the same summer league team. So they've played together more recently mm-hmm. than anyone else on the team has. And so, and that's good. I mean, they only play, they're on the same team for two weeks and I thought they already looked good. So that makes me think that we're a month, two months from now that a lot of our guys are going to have a lot more chemistry. And it is really just one of those weird preseason problems, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's, here's another question I was curious about. We had a player who I was thinking was not going to get any minutes at all. Oh, besides garbage minutes. <laughs> and he's rolling with the rotation players in the first half of both games. Don't make me talk about him. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) I kid you not. He might be the worst player in the NBA. (laughs) I don't know. I think technically last year he was rated the worst. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think I saw it It was some advanced stat that kind of like tries to take everything into account. And it literally had him ranked dead last in the NBA. Well, here's the thing is I feel like the only reason he's in the NBA is because of his shooting ability. But we've never seen him shoot good. <laughs> like he's not. I'm sure he is a good shooter, but we haven't seen it. You know, I don't know why he's on the court. I would put Luke in before him. I would obviously mm-hmm. take Hendricks before him. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, I don't know. It's, and maybe he was just filling the position for Hendricks because Hendricks wasn't ready for it. So he's literally just filling the void. But I don't know. That, that surprised me for sure. Yeah, no, I thought. It was weird. I don't like Pentecchio. I don't want him on the team. Like, <laughs> I thought it was weird. Okay. Do you have any other plays you want to talk about for anyone that stood um, out here in the games? Let's see here. I don't think so. I mean, at the end of the day, I just feel like the biggest thing is there's certain guard pairings that you can have together, and there's some that you cannot. I think the benefit of George Dunn and Abaji is uh, I think those three guys can play with anyone. And then I think the other three guards cannot play with anyone. And so I think that's why I just prefer George Dunn and Abaji getting more minutes just in general, because I feel like they're better teammates. They spread the ball around. They make better decisions. They play better defense. So, but that's my that's my main takeaway is I feel like we learned a lot about the guards in the last two games, and we're gonna continue to learn some. Oh yeah, and one thing I did see is in Will Hardy's press conference after the game, he mentioned that he really wants to have a decision made on his rotations by the end of the Blazers game, essentially, or like that weekend of the Blazers game, uh, which is coming up this Saturday. And so I think the guys that you see next week on Monday, but especially the game Thursday against the Kings in the preseason finale, I think whoever starts that game is going to be, and whoever the rotations in that game, I think will be the rotations in the the regular season. Yeah. Because he mentioned that he needs to give the guys are actually going to play together a week to practice together in the same lineup. And so Mm -hmm. um, after this Blazers game and going forward, I think we're really going to know what's going to happen in the regular season at least for the first 10 or 20 games yeah i feel like these two first the first two games they're really hectic and a, a main point could be that it's like it was literally like data collection for all the coaches to see okay what's going on have like these little stints to like research and kind of just see what's going on like at yeah. one point you had 
you had Fontecchio, you had Olenek, you had Kessler, three guards. and you had... Oh, it was it Kessler? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is, well, this is when, yeah, it was Laurie, there, Yeah, Kessler, there was two different ones. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Collins, and Fontecchio, and then it was, it was I think it was THD. I can't even remember who the guard was. But, I mean, you had those four, you know, forwards and centers, and then you had, like, THT or a single guard. I'm like, that's a crazy lineup. So, obviously, they're just trying things out. What was the one you're thinking of? Four guards? So there was another one where we had three guards and in, not including... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had three guards in, and I'm trying to remember who it was. But I think it was, like, Sexton, Clarkson, Dunn, and then I remember for sure it was Fantecchio and Olenek. But I, could, I I know it was Dunn, Fantecchio, and Olenek, but I forgot the other two guards. I just remember that there were three guards. guards out there together with Fantecchio and Olenek, and I was like, what the heck? So, yeah, obviously he's just trying stuff. Like, if we roll out that lineup and the regular season we're either up by 100 or we're down by 100 (laughs) yeah all right okay time to move on let's do uh i just got a quick little thing for you i uh went over to fanduel and i grabbed some of our over unders oh are we doing uh sorry are we doing rotations after the over unders oh dude i totally forgot about those let's do your let's do your 10 man your nine and 10 man rotations okay i'll go first you're so maybe a little gist since we've seen two games, we're deciding, okay, what kind of is our rotation and where do people fit better? Yeah, so basically from what I've seen, if the season started today, my starters that I would roll out would be Keontae George, Ochai Abaji, Lowry Markinen, John Collins, and Walker Kessler. I think those five have the best fit together. I think they have covered each other's weaknesses pretty well. And I just want to, even if Keontae is not the best point guard, I just wanted to get him as much NBA experience as possible. Just like he, we're going to live and die by him this year. I feel like, like just get him in there, get him experience, see what happens. Cause no other guard is really taking the reins of this thing. So why not just give it to the rookie who's the future anyway? Mm-hmm. So those are my five starters. And then I'm just doing four off the bench. Um, and I would go with Dunn for just, he's a good point guard. Like, your classic point guard, good defense. And then I'm going with Clarkson, Olenek, and Hendricks. Uh, Hendricks for pretty much the same reason as George. It's like, he's a top draft pick. Let's get him in there, get him developing against real NBA guys as soon as possible. And then um, basically, obviously, I left out some big names in there that aren't in the rotation. So I'm just trying to trade Sexton. I'm trying to trade THT. And if possible, I'm trying to trade someone for Tecchio. And I want to just trade those guys, honestly, as fast as possible so that there's not, like, uh, like contention, I guess, in the locker room, people mad about minutes. I want to trade them while they still have trade value because if they're not playing, then that trade value is only going to go down. Um, so, yeah, that's my nine-man rotation. And then I just say trade Sexton and trade THD. What about you? Okay, so I got on my... Uh... My nine-man rotation, I got Laurie, Kessler, Clarkson, Dunn, and Collins starting. And I kind of listed done. That surprises me. I didn't think yeah. you would even have him in the rotation. And the reason I – and so here, here's my thoughts. I did him purely in pairs for those guards, and I felt like Clarkson and Dunn fit the best together. And then coming off the bench, I felt THT and Keontae felt the best. Okay. So like you, as I mentioned – Sexton also is not a guard in there. Uh, the other two people off the bench is Kelly and Ochai that I had. So yeah, Sexton okay, so is... So really the only difference is 
You have THT and I have Hendrix. Is that the only difference? Yeah, I have THT, you have Hendrix, and then, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then it's I'm just different Sexton. lineups, basically, but say nine guys. I mean, yeah, same eight, same eight of the nine guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But here's John Collins definitely dropped in my mind a little bit. So, like, I put, like, confirming that he's going to be a starter kind of thing. I actually have him at fifth right now. So, and then, like, Kelly is the sixth. So, like, I can oh, see yeah. those people flip, you know what I'm saying? Probably not going to happen, but, like, just from playing so far, that's how I've got the gist of their of their time. So, we'll see what yeah, happens. I, I bet you he'll be starting, though. I don't, I don't really see anything changing there. I feel like guys where there's a large sample size, like a Jordan Clarkson or, like, a John Collins, and especially, like, those type of guys, preseason probably doesn't even matter as much to them or they're not as engaged. So, mm-hmm. I feel like... I'm a lot less concerned about a bad performance from John Collins than I am a bad performance from like a THT if it were to be him or, you know, like guys that are newer where we don't know as much. If if Keontae George had a bad performance, like I'd be more concerned about him than a John Collins. And especially because I don't think John Collins was bad per se. I just think that he was used in the wrong way. So, but yeah, I feel like we have pretty similar rotations, which is interesting because I feel like there's so many different combinations, but we have a solid like top eight that's similar. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty much, we have the same top eight and then we have mm-hmm. our last guys getting switched out. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. You ready for the, uh, the over unders? Let's do it. Okay. So I got, you're four... doing it too, right? It's not just me. <clears throat> yeah. 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 I, got, I, I picked okay. up five of them all together though. Okay. And uh, these are the ones straight from FanDuel. So here's the jazz win total. Is at thirty-five-five. Okay, well, it's funny because we did this. Uh, we both picked our win totals in the previous episode, mm-hmm. and I said forty. And now thirty-five sounds. I'm going to take the over, but I literally think it's going to be like right there. I think it's going to be thirty-six or thirty-seven. Is my prediction like, now? Pretty I'd... much the same as last year. What you're thinking? Yeah, I think I think we'll get about thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. I think the loss of Conley is going to be a bigger deal than I thought that it was going to be. Um, I don't know. Like, our, just let's be honest. The guards, they just, almost all of them just did, they look bad. <laughs> you know, like, it was just, or at least as a team, they looked like, it was bad. And so hopefully it gets better, but I, I'll take the over, but right at about 37 is my prediction now. What about you? Gotcha. I'm still sticking with the other. I bet you we'll get like 38 to 40. Uh, I I I feel like obviously it's preseason. I still think that we have a really good team, and after they get chemistry going, like the first ten ish games, we'll we'll be good to go. Another so. thing, sorry, just another thing about the sample size is that both sample sizes is against the Clippers, which <laughs> with Kawhi Le- with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George playing, and Westbrook in one of them as well. And That's so true. Clippers are like a good, a really good team when healthy, you know. So. Maybe we yeah. struggled against them, but like, let's see how we play against the Blazers, you know. So anyway, oh, I think we'll, I think we can destroy the Blazers. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So it's like we're really just focusing everything on this one matchup when that's we're not playing the Clippers every night. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, okay. Now uh, let's go over to players. So I got one from Laurie. Laurie is slated at twenty six points per game. That's a minus one twenty five bet if you take the over. What are you taking on it? 
26 a game. I'm taking the under. Um, mostly be just because I think teams are going to put a lot of their focus on Lowry this year. I think he'll probably be getting double teamed a lot. Um, I think all the game plan is going to be stop Lowry and make the rest of the team beat us. Um, so yeah. And then he also doesn't have like a Mike Conley that's setting them up each possession down the floor. Who's getting them in the right spots. And mm-hmm. Lowry, he's not one that really creates for himself at, up to this point. Like he's not playing isolation or anything. He needs guys to kind of send them up. So I'm taking the under, but it'll, I think he'll be around that number, but just maybe a couple points under. Gotcha. I feel like, I feel like 26 is a really good line. So I would, for me, it's like, he's probably getting 20. Like, I honestly think 26 is like a fair number. If I didn't even see that thing, I probably would have said 26. So oh, I'm wow. going to take the over and just say that he gets like 26.1, you know, like just like, I think he could, I think he'll get 26 though. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. And then Clarkson Clarkson's set at 21.5. Hmm. Do you think he's going to get 21? 21.5. I think last year he was right around 20. I want to say I I'll take the over. I think, I think Clarkson, I'm going to put him at, if I have to put a number on it, I'd say he's going to get like 23 points this year. I think he's going to be relied on a lot to score this season. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the over. Gotcha. I'm going to take the under on this one. I feel like he's going to be in this in the high teens, like 19, maybe 20. But okay. I don't feel, especially if he's like coming off the bench, because obviously that's something that's talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. But, but. I, yeah, I feel like he's going to get be a very consistent player in the sense of point wise. Obviously, he's not a consistent player. He's going to take a lot of shots. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he'll take <laughs> shots. So I feel like he'll get like 19, 20s. Yeah. But I'm going to take the under on that one. And okay. then yeah, I got two for Kessler. So okay. the the two for Kessler, the first one is rebounds per game at eleven. Hmm. What do you think on Sorry, that? Sorry, I thought I thought you're still going. Sorry, <laughs> I <laughs> you thought you were telling me both. You say eleven <laughs> rebounds a game. Eleven. Hmm. 11's kind. Of, I'm taking the under. I think uh, I would do. I bet he'll be around nine point five or ten. Uh, 11, I feel like he can get that a lot of nights, but I think if we're more often than not, he's going to have some nights where he's, a, he's too, he, he's just under that. So what about you? Okay. This is the first time we're agreeing, I guess. Cause uh, <laughs> really? we, we agreed on, the, on the jazz wins. We did agree too. Cause you said it was, Oh over, yeah. But on the player ones, but yeah, I feel like, I mean, that means he has to average a double bubble every night. Well, not a, technically not. I guess he doesn't have to get point wise. But I mean, getting ten. He's gonna get games, the points, you know. Yeah, but ten rebounds a game sounds high for me uh, to have him do that consistently. Is he gonna have games that he does it hundred percent? But to get it consistently, I feel like maybe ten, nine point five. Yeah. I also feel like he's not the strongest player yet. You know, who's gonna just like push guys around and just take that ball? You know, um, I think he's really filling out his frame and he's working on it, but he's still a little bit skinnier and just not as strong as a lot of other guys. Yeah. I feel like in a few years, he'll for sure get 11 points of rebounds per game, but not, not. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And And then there's the next one blocks. That's my guess. Okay. It's block leader. So it's not just blocks per game. 
But Kessler is tied with Jaron Jackson Jr. I kind of mentioned it before in the show. But he's tied with Jaron Jackson Jr. for getting the most blocks for the season. And that's at a plus 280. So, first off, are you would you take the bet on taking Kessler that he's going to win it? Would you take Jaron Jackson Jr.? Or would you take someone else? What are your okay, thoughts on this where he's going to is this a total block number or is it blocks per game? I believe it's blocks per game. Let me double check it though. Okay. Cause it's just different because I think that Jaron Jackson Jr. is gonna miss a lot more games than Walker Kessler is gonna blocks. miss. Blocks per game. Okay. Blocks per game, I think Jaron Jackson uh will get more. He I so basically how the Grizzlies do it is they've got like Steven Adams at center who, you know, he's getting back down to the post or whatever. And then Jaron Jackson Jr., he just, like, comes around from the weak side and just swats it out of there. And so I just feel like the way that they play, I think that Jaron Jackson Jr. hunts blocks more, whereas Walker Kessler just plays good defense, tries to put his hands up and stop him. And then sometimes he gets blocks just because he's good, but other times he's just playing good defense, whereas I don't think Jaron Jackson Jr. is honestly that amazing of a defender. I think he just is hunting block shots <laughs> jaron jackson jr gets blocks like tj mcconnell gets steals he just that's all he cares about <laughs> exactly yeah so i'll give it to jaron jackson jr but i think in a lot okay. of ways walker kessler is still kind of the better player and i think for the year i bet walker kessler ends up with more blocks because i bet walker kessler will play like 75 games and jaron jackson jr he usually misses quite a few games and he also fouls out quite a bit and so i think Kessler will get more minutes which would lead to more total blocks but i get you on this one honestly i it's it's a hard pick for me so i'm just gonna go with kessler because i love kessler so i'm oh, gonna yeah. take the kessler he's, he's your boy <laughs> yep. hey that's good logic <laughs> <laughs> all right all right anyone else anything else from the jazz or are you good to switch over to the to the league uh no, I think we we're all jazzed out. We talked about pretty much everything we could. I feel like, yeah, it's true. And honestly, in the league, I mean, I know both of us haven't really paid too much attention just because it's preseason, so we're not going to be watching their games. And there hasn't been any big news from the league either. So the one thing I kind of uh, wanted to talk about a little bit was just the Victor Chet matchup. <clears throat> and one of the main things was I watched. I was watching their highlights. And there's a Everyone play. go Google this. It's insane, actually. So there's a play where Victor Wimanyama's at the top of the key, and then you have uh, the player driving in, and Wimanyama literally takes, it looks like a 10-foot step. He's like what someone's splits would be, and then add a foot on top of that, and he's just stepping that far, and he goes in, and then he reaches with his hand as well, and it just looks like someone took a photo and just stretched it in Photoshop, and it does not look human. It looks like an alien, I'll be honest. He literally <laughs> looks like Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, it looks... <laughs> like look Fantastic It's crazy. And then he was so crazy. The his, uh, his teammate gets it, passes it to him, and Victor goes up and just gets a, a slam. It was crazy. It, yeah, if he could play like that, I don't know what this NBA is going to be anymore. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is just like, he has some... He also has like lots of mediocre plays that happen where he doesn't look that great, but there's always one or two plays every night where it's like, whoa, we haven't seen that before, you know? Mm-hmm. Anything? Okay, what are your thoughts on the Chet and Victor rivalry? Do you think it's going to, is that going to become a thing? Uh, 
that's the thing is I think we might actually have a new rivalry. Like I feel like there hasn't been there's not a lot of guys in the league that really hate each other like there used to be, I feel like. I know that mm-hmm. Booker and Luka Doncic hate each other, but that seems like the only one. <laughs> but I think this one could become a legit rivalry because um during the game there was one play where Weminyama was just like going to the rim and he completely headbutted Chet and then he I think he dunked just it. Just drove too. into him, yeah. Yeah, he's drove into him. He literally headbutted him, like head to head. Uh, like he really headbutted him. <laughs> anyway, and then he dunked it and then he starts flexing on him after Chet's on the ground, like holding his face. Uh-huh. And then um after the game they talked to this isn't the first time they played. They've played uh the first time they played was at the U nineteen games where it was France versus USA. So they played against each other before. So a reporter says, what's your relationship with Chet? And women Yana said, oh, I don't have a relationship with him at all. And then um, later on, Chet tweeted, uh, he quote tweeted like a picture or a video of the headbutt. And he goes, he headbutted me. And so I don't know. It's just like they got some weird beef, it seems like. And these two are always going to be compared to each other. Just like there's just no way they're not going to be. They are both rookies this year. I mean, Chet's like a half rookie, but this is if he could win rookie of the year, you know what I mean? In an NBA game, so yeah, yeah, this is his first season, and so like they're always going to be compared to sure because of their height, because of their age, because of their similar play style. Um, so yeah, I think it could be like legit the next real rivalry, and I'm super mm-hmm. stoked about it. Okay, here's one thing I think you you might have missed in the game. So Victor Wembanyama, right, pumped his arms. And then later in the game, oh Chet yeah, did Chet did it as well. So obviously, there there's a little beef going on. And I love it. So it's so funny because they're it. like the two skinniest dudes, and they are like flexing this muscle that they don't have. When Chet flexed, it, nothing moved. I think I saw his bone pop out, maybe. But... Uh, no but it's gonna be sweet i i thought it was interesting just like they're both so good at so much different stuff and they had women yama at power forward the whole time there was always a center next to him which you know is surprising when you're seven four um but i thought i was impressed with how women yama was shooting really like he shot a lot better um has shot better in the preseason than he was shooting in summer league which is good I thought it was cool how Wembenyama can really like recover um, after like getting blown by. I think there's been a lot of times where you see Gobert get blown by and then he comes back and blocks it. Wembenyama mm-hmm. did that a lot. And then on the other side, Chet was blocking shots. He was hitting threes. He was dunking, rolling to the rim. Um, I don't know. I just think they're both really good. If, uh, who do you think between the two of them, who do you think would win rookie of the year? Like if it's if it comes down to those two, who do you think is going to have a better rookie year? I guess. I uh, I mean, I'm going to take Wimbenyama, but I feel like it could go either way. Honestly, like from that one game, they pretty much played like they had the exact same amount of points. I'm actually pulling it up right now. Wimbenyama oh, really? had 20 yeah. points and Chet had 21. The plus minus oh, okay. was zero on Chet and it was zero on Wimbenyama. <laughs> what the crap? <laughs> That's crazy. Stats. Let's see what they got. So Chet had one personal foul. Uh, Women Yama had two. Turnover wise, Women Yama had four. Let's see. Chet. Chet had zero. And then oh, blocks and steals. 
Women Yama had two steals, one block. Chet just had one block. And then, let's see, rebounds and assists. We'll just do those. Rebounds and assists. Uh, Women Yama had four and five. And then Chet had nine and and then one assist. Oh, okay. Because so, I, was, I was thinking about it, and I think that Chet, I think he's my pick for Rookie of the Year. I just think, well, especially because the Thunder are going to be good. So... I feel like awards always reward winning. And so I think that he's going to put them easily into the top eight and I think into the top six, honestly. Um, And then also he's just had a whole year to kind of sit and learn in the NBA, kind of like what you see in the NFL, like not as much anymore, but in the past quarterbacks would be drafted in the first round and then they would just sit behind a starter for two or three years. And then they'd be super good, you know, kind of like Aaron Rodgers, but I think it's kind of, kind of be the same thing with Chet. He just got to sit there, learn, learn the system, and then his rookie year, he's already going to be really comfortable while all these other rookies are learning what the NBA life is like. So I don't know. I didn't think about it like before the draft or anything, but now I th- I, I think I like Chet to win it. Yeah, I maybe maybe I'll uh, take Chet in my fantasy draft then. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> not if I get him first. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I. Uh... I think that'll be a fun match, but I'm excited to see both of them play, honestly, just kind of see what their actual potential is. The issue is, since they are both super skinny, it's like, are they going to get injured in an NBA game? We'll see. I hope not, because they both they are fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to talk about? Or uh, I don't think so. We just got game right. Saturday. Game Saturday. Uh, game, game Monday, Monday. Game Thursday. Game Monday is against New Zealand, a non-NBA team which will be interesting. So I'm excited to actually see what, how that plays out. Cause if we look bad in that game, then that might not be a good, good sign for our team. Did you see the Mavericks lost to Real Madrid? No, I didn't. <laughs> they lost. <laughs> they lost to a non NBA team. So I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about the Mavericks, but that's something. That is crazy. You know, it'd be kind of fun to see in the preseason. I mean, we're playing these other teams. We should play some G league teams. Like the, oh, I don't. I feel like we would own the. I don't know. Maybe. Well, yeah. But, but what's the uh, the one that's all about nineteen year olds? That team in the oh, G League. Ignite. The, yeah, G League Ignite. That would be kind of fun to play against. Yeah, so, that would be. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that's that'd be cool. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. Well, have a good uh, rest of the week. I mean, we're probably we're uploading this on. Well, we're filming it on Wednesday. We'll probably upload it later in the week. So, uh, stay tuned for Jazz Basketball Saturday. And then Monday, and then Thursday, and then we start real season against the Kings. Let's go, Jazz. Here we go. Let's go, Jazz. All righty. We'll see you later, peeps. See y'all. Thanks for listening to the Utah Jazz Beats with Sam and Peeps. If you're as passionate about the jazz as we are, remember to hit that subscribe button or follow the podcast so you never miss a beat. Stay tuned for more insights that will keep your jazz spirit alive all year round.